I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 185 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys on this Warrior Wednesday. Navy veteran and current Texas Land Commissioner George P. Bush will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Commissioner Bush is the grandson of the late former President George H.W. Bush. He is the nephew of former President George W. Bush and the son of former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. So this is a very special honor for me, and I am very proud to present this interview to you guys today. So hang tight. Tomorrow on the show will be Good Morning America meteorologist Rob Marciano, who has been covering the weather for more than 20 years now. And Friday on the podcast will be Thomas O'Neill, the first-class father of Frogman Rob O'Neill, who was a guest on the podcast himself last year, and he is known for putting bullets into Osama bin Laden. So don't miss out on that one. Be sure to lock it in, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure you tell every father in your contact list about First Class Fatherhood. And Feedspot dropped a list yesterday of the top 20 dad podcasts that you must listen to in 2019. And First Class Fatherhood was number nine on a list of some real heavy hitters. So I really owe it all to you listeners out there for all of your support that you continue to show me here. I do have a couple of guest announcements to drop on you guys. As you know, I had the honor of interviewing one of the greatest skateboarders of all time, Tony Hawk. He joined me here back on episode 168. Next week, I will be joined by one of the greatest surfboarders of all time. Shane Dorian will be here with me next week, so that's going to be awesome. Make sure you lock it in for that. Also next week, in order to get you guys ready for this year's Kentucky Derby, jockey Jose Ortiz, who is one of the best in the business, will be here with me. He is aboard the point leader, Tacitus, in this year's Run for the Roses. So let's go, dads. There are some incredible fathers coming your way here. Let's keep this celebration and conversation about fatherhood and family life going strong. Fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i'm going to jump into the action right now with texas land commissioner george p bush i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a veteran of the United States Navy who served in Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan. He is the 28th Texas Land Commissioner. Prior to his time in office, he was a successful businessman who earned a Juris Doctorate from the University of Texas School of Law. It is an honor for me to say George P. Bush. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Good to be with you. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? So I've got two boys. We've got five and four. Uh, little Jack has just turned four, and um, we had a great little birthday this past weekend. And um, it's just amazing to think when you when you think about the math of it. Um, my son Prescott's about to start kindergarten, and he'll be a third of the time that that I'll have him. Um, and so, it's just amazing how quickly time has uh, flown by with them in my, in our lives. Yeah, 100%. And do you have the boys involved in any sports or activities yet? Yeah, so we, um, you know, I didn't want to be too much of a hockey dad. 
uh, by getting them into too many sports at this stage. I really want them to um, take it step by step. I'm a, a college, a former college baseball player, and um, over the years I've seen really aggressive dads on the baseball diamonds um, in Texas, and so I, I just wanted to take it slow and uh, maybe develop their interest over time. So I have them hitting off um, the tee, working on their swings, um, trying to encourage them to hit on both sides of the of the plate. Um, the uh, the boys just recently asked to uh, swing a golf club, which I couldn't be more thrilled about. So I'm hoping we can start with some lessons or get out to the uh, to the range in the coming months. Um, but really, I mean, I just emphasize um, in in some of the athletes I had a chance to play with that eventually played in uh, Major League Baseball, they they played every every sport under the sun. So um, I'm just encouraging them to um, to try a little bit of everything. Very cool. All right, George, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Absolutely. So um, my name is uh, George P. Bush. Um, a lot of people know me as the, the grandson of George H.W. Bush or the nephew of George W. Bush or the son of Jeb Bush, but uh, really I'm my own man, and um, and I'm privileged to serve as Texas Land Commissioner uh, here in the state of Texas. So we deal with everything from Veterans Affairs. I'm a military veteran. Uh, we deal with school funding by managing the state's assets, and we also take care of uh, the wondrous history of our state, including the the Alamo. So I think like many politicians, I've got a, um, a really difficult schedule, but um, what I try to do is spend as much time on the home front as possible because I think it's important for uh, the boys to see their dad uh, more often than not. Yeah, very well said, and thank you for your service. Um, how old were you when you became a father, George, and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? So I'm, I'm about to turn 43. Uh, my wife and I have been married for coming up on 15 years, and uh, we really had kids a little bit later uh, in life. Um, I was 38 when we first had uh, Prescott. Part of that was because of my military service. Um, my wife and I um, were just it was it was just challenging to to try to have children um in the middle of military mobilizations and so after my last mobilization to Afghanistan in uh 2011 when i came back um my wife and i decided we would uh, take that next step and um take on the commitment of of parenthood and so um you know so if you fast forward to uh just a few years back with Prescott and Jack it's it's really changed uh, my life in in such an incredible way uh it's forced me to be humble and hungry uh, to know that, you know, other lives depend on me. Um, but it allows me to uh, to shape their future and, and to be a mentor, which, um, you know, I've enjoyed as a big brother over the years, but I've, I'm enjoying on a much, um, in a much more um, closer level as a father. And it's, um, it's tested me. I think any father can speak to that. It's, it certainly tests your patience, but um, I've become so much better of a person. Um, through this process, and um, I just look forward to the next few years. Well said. Yeah, it is definitely an on-the-job type of training here with a lot of growth for sure. Um, did the experience of growing up in the Bush family and being in the public eye, did that have any influence on the way that you choose to raise your kids? It absolutely did because, you know, again, of the rigorous schedule, and I talked about this when my grandfather, George H.W. Bush, uh, recently passed in, in Houston, Texas, and uh, I, I gave a eulogy, and I gave it really from the perspective as his oldest grandson in that here he was the leader of the free world, but yet he took time to write personally handwritten notes. He always invited me to baseball games 
uh, made sure that we carried on traditions like throwing horseshoes and enjoying Tex-Mex and barbecue uh, at his place. And so I, I've always tried to emulate um, my grandfather's model of balancing family and work because really, in you know, whether it was his opinion or my opinion, I think family has to be a priority. Um, you know, it's it's important to carry all these titles, and it's great to have a big name, but um, what matters most in life is um, the, the type of father that you are to your children and uh, the kind of husband you are to your wife. And so uh, I try to keep that in the uh, front of my mind, even with my schedule. Yeah, and I see that you've been involved in some capacity with children's education, and I think it's great that we have a lot of attention put on children's education. But to be honest, I think all the child education programs in the world can't replace the experience of a child to grow up with a father figure in the home. And in my opinion, the greatest problem we're facing in this country right now is the fatherless crisis that we're seeing here. Is there anything from a political standpoint that's aimed directly at solving this fatherless problem? Well, I, I think um, you've really touched on it. I, I don't think that a government program is going to force families to stay together, and you're probably more familiar with the stats uh, than I am. But I can share with you my personal experiences as a former inner-city high school teacher in, in high schools, and I can share with you, regardless of demographic background, socioeconomic background, racial background, that my children that had lower IQ or stay nine levels that had uh, a father in the home typically would test better in my classroom than those kids that had higher IQs but did not have uh, a father in the home. And, you know, I, I think the statistics are showing that to be the case. The studies are, are making that pretty clear and that the responsibilities for, for fathers um, in Texas and throughout our country are absolutely vital. Um, and so, I, but sadly, I think you allude to it. I don't. I don't think that a government program is is going to keep the family together. Um, but I do think it's important for to men to to be real with one another and accept the responsibilities that we have when we commit ourselves to raising children. Yeah, and it's one of the major reasons why I'm even doing this podcast, George, just because I really think, especially the way dads are portrayed on TV and in the movies, it gives this false impression of what fatherhood is really all about, and it plants these negative seeds about fatherhood early on in young men that it's something that they should try to avoid and not something that they should embrace. Totally, and and the stats um, really show that uh, to, to bear out, and I, I would recommend to your listeners also to check out Ben Sass's recent book on, on the vanishing American adult. It's, and he is a senator, but it's not a political book. And it focuses on how our country will remain competitive in the 21st century. And he speaks to the, the deteriorating family structure that we have in our country and that young men are starting to take on role models that don't lead to a sustainable lifestyle, not only just getting through and, and grabbing your high school degree on your way to college, um, and beyond, but but building kind of a, a, a life around being a life learner, if you will, and um, and that leads to more productive citizens and a more um, efficient way that we can govern and, and run our our society. And so um, it, it, that's really a shame that you know social media, that technology has been a disruptive force to make our lives much easier. But one of the consequences of that is we're no longer interacting with each other, and that is impacting the way that fathers talk with their sons and their daughters. And um, we just need to prioritize time. I know I try to do it. And, you know, a lot of people, look, we're all busy. We, we all have busy schedules. 
but it has to be a priority for any parent to spend X amount of time per day uh, putting the screens away and just focusing on being with your kid. It is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from George P. Bush. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com. Yeah, I agree. And I see it all the time. I drive Uber on the weekends. And and while it's encouraging to see this younger generation not drink and drive, they use the technology to get home safe. Once they get in the car, the communication skills just go right out the window. And the only way that they really talk to one another is true to phone. So it's a little crazy to see. But I think the fatherless problem is huge. And I know that as dads, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, no matter what race or religion or whatever, as fathers, We all want the same things for our kids. We want them to be happy, healthy, successful, and we don't want to see them be sad or hurt or depressed. So I think when it comes down to it, we have a lot more in common than we ever knew, and we're all really after the same things here. Totally. And um, again, this issue has not been discussed enough, I think, in in the media, and it's not a political issue. It's really, to me, about priorities and um, what we as individuals decide to spend our time doing um, you know, and I think technology can be harnessed in a way um, one of these days to, to bring families together right now um, in many respects it's bringing families apart. Um, and so I know for individuals, you know, it's, it's difficult for parents to put the screen down, but to be a good role model, I think will require more parents in the house to put the screen down um, and to put the foot down for screen usage among our children um, and, and actually have regular conversations to sit down at a dinner table, for example, and have 30 minutes without a screen and to actually talk about your day, what you, what you did in school, um, how are your friends doing, and, and really spending time and learning more uh, about what your children is doing. Uh, because if you allow that, even though you may be living in the same home, you may not actually truly be living together. And uh, that's increasingly becoming a problem. But I appreciate your focus on this issue because um, it, it, it does have an effect on unemployment, workforce issues, um, incarceration. And so for somebody who's an elected official, instead of dealing with the after effect of, of uh, the deteriorating family picture, um, let's work on ways in which we can bring our families together and, and, and help to mitigate some of these issues. Well said. And let me rein this back into you as a father just for a second here. I would imagine that given your military background that you're a well-disciplined individual, but how are you when it comes to handing out the discipline to your two boys? Well, that's, that's always a challenge and a balance that I think is ultimately up to every, every single parent. Um, I, am, I do run a very disciplined uh, schedule on the weekends, and part of that is to, is to give my beautiful wife um, a little bit of a break and a little bit of time alone to pursue her hobbies and and to work out and exercise. Um, So on Saturday mornings, we're typically, you know, doing those sports activities that we talked about where uh, we have them, you know, swimming and practicing baseball. 
um, and, and running around doing all kinds of different activities. Um, and, you know, on Sunday mornings, you'll probably find us going to, uh, to church, um, praying to God and, and learning more about the life of uh, Jesus Christ. And then, um, again, trying to spend much more time together um, and, and talking about uh, what the week will look like in terms of school. But um, typically, you know, you'll find me in a birthday party. Uh, I remember two weeks ago, I mentioned Jack just celebrated his fourth birthday, but two weeks ago, I, I think I attended three birthday parties. Um, it must be um, in the air right now for, for kids to have birthday parties. But um, but so so my average weekend, it's safe to say that, uh, and my free time is devoted to my children. Um, and so for me, it's about a priority and making sure that um, I am giving them that and being present, you know, putting the screen down and uh, focusing on, on what their interests are and what their hobbies are. Very cool. And uh, what does your bedtime routine look like? I know I've seen the recent post that you had on Instagram there of the boys at the library holding the books. Uh, are you, do you read them books at night? Are you a storyteller, a lullaby guy? How does bedtime go down in your home? So, um, again, we, uh, we try to emphasize no more than an, an hour of screen time total throughout the day. So after we usually have an early dinner like at 5:30, um, and then we'll start transitioning to some sort of board game, or uh, they're into Legos, which is great and kind of emphasizes engineering uh, skills and creativity. Um, then we'll start uh, moving toward kind of bath time, which in and of itself can be uh, difficult with uh, two boys, but um, we try to contain the chaos. After that, we um, make sure to brush hair, brush teeth. I had him alone last night, so this is actually fresh in my mind. Um, then we um, get them get them into their PJs and start breaking out the books. Usually, I go for since I had them both alone, uh, two books each. So we 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 call it family book reading time and then solo book reading time. So uh, last night we did both. We had two books where each of them pick one um, out of uh, kind of a kids library that we have, and then um, I'll put Jack to bed. Um, say a prayer or sing a song together before we put him down and then move over to P and then we read him one book of his choice, um, read a song or say a prayer. Um, and then hopefully they um, close their eyes and go to bed. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, um, as any parent knows, when you close that door and tell them good night and I love you, that um, you hope that they get a, a good, wholesome night of sleep. Um, it doesn't always turn out to be the case but more often than not it does and that's usually a good night yeah i got four kids myself george and sometimes when i shut the lights out it's like a dorm room down there so <laughs> Uh, but I love the fact that you mentioned prayer there. I'm a faith-based person myself. Uh, prayer is a very important part of my family life, and I think that's right up there with the fatherless issue is the fact that God has been removed from our schools and just from so much of society in general. I think those two issues really create some devastating effects in our community. But um, all right, what's next for you? Can we expect to see uh, George P. Bush on that big political ticket somewhere down the line here? What kind of goals or plans do you have coming up? Well, if, if there's one thing I've learned that as, as a Bush – Politics is really about timing, and uh, I created a little bit of controversy here in Texas by saying that, um, you know, to, about my wife, that I'm married to you, I'm not married to this, and um, and, and, and I, I really want to put my principles first, and so um, if, if there isn't an opportunity to serve in another role, whether it's here in Austin or Washington, D.C., I'm more than happy to have more time at home uh, with my boys. As I mentioned, they're only five and three, and we still have a way to go before they graduate, so... Um, 
I, I came from the business world. I was uh, in the military before, and there's there's other challenges that I could find outside of politics. But um, we'll see where it goes. We'll take it day by day and stay hungry and humble. Good stuff. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here, George, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I think for any new dad, it's um, to remember, A, that um, it's your marriage that that needs time and uh, a prioritization in your schedule. There are so many young families that I know of that, you know, they focus so much on the kids and, and rather and, and, and neglect, unfortunately, the marriage. Um, that has to be the foundation in addition to um, taking care of, of the kids. I would say, secondly, um, don't be afraid. Every dad has... Uh, um, you know, had that uncertain stage in transitioning um, to being a father. And there's going to be a lot of firsts, changing that first diaper, um, staying up in the middle of the night and, and trying to uh, get your kid to, to go to sleep. Um, the first time in which they throw a temper tantrum or talk back and how you deal with that situation. Uh, there's a lot of firsts, but um, but just know that there's a lot of fathers that have uh, done it. In fact, um, it's been thousands of years, last time I checked, that um, – parenting has occurred um so just to, to to relax and take care of it but i would just say number three um and finally to um make sure that you're scheduling time to be a good father and uh, a good dad um you know there's a lot of workaholic dads out there that um, i've had a chance to know that sometimes lose sight of um the the importance of this time that we have because truly the time flies um, I don't know of one father that, uh, in my travels throughout the state of Texas that has said, well, you know, I wish I went to an extra business meeting or I, I hope I had a chance to go on another business trip away from my kids. I don't know of one person that on their, on their deathbed says, I, I wish I had more time away from my children. So despite the challenges of being a parent, take as much time as you possibly can because um, the time flies. Well said. Great advice. I love the message. Uh, this has been an honor for me. You are a first-class father all the way. And I got to say, George P. Bush, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Yes, sir. Love, love to welcome you to Texas anytime. Awesome. All right. I'll be right back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to George P. Bush for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Tomorrow on the show, Good Morning America meteorologist Rob Marciano stops by. Friday, we got the father of a frogman legend, Thomas O'Neill, will be here next week. I gave you two names so far. All-time surfboarding legend Shane Dorian and one of the top jock in the nation who will be riding in this year's Kentucky Derby, Jose Ortiz will be joining me next week. So lock it in to find out who else will be joining me. Follow me on Instagram for the latest updates. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feelings so